once again, and welcome to Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, episode number 121, Just Good News, journal entry number 19. We're going to talk a bit today about slavery and God's amazing grace. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you where you can find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at b.boomer unleashed, on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. You can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed and on Twitter. You can find our link at BeBoomerUnleash1, and as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com with your comments, your criticisms, and your suggestions for future episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest on BeBoomerUnleashed, just let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the program, or if you know a friend who should be on here, let us know about them, too. Well, today's episode 121, Jessica News Journal entry number 19, we're going to talk a bit about slavery and God's amazing grace. But before we do, I want to give you a Biden update, uh, just a little update. Uh, you can mark another one off your list, I think. And uh, one of my predictions was federally mandated vaccinations. You say, well, they haven't federally mandated vaccinations yet. Well, uh, your president, Biden, uh, just uh, recently in a speech said, get the vaccination or wear the mask until you do. Now, if that's not a mandate, I'm not exactly sure what you'd call that. But I think that's only the beginning. Pretty soon it'll be uh, get your vaccination or you can't go to the grocery store. Get your vaccination or you don't get your Social Security check. Get your vaccination or you won't be able to travel from state to state. So I think that's a pretty good beginning, and I think I'm going to claim victory on that one as far as a prediction of a federally mandated wearing of the mask. And uh, get your vaccination or wear your mask until you do. That's from the President of the United States. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a bit about slavery and God's amazing grace now. This episode is not about slavery per se. It's about God's amazing grace, and we're going to talk about that as we go along here. But the history of slavery, you know, it spans many cultures, many nationalities, many religions. From ancient times right up to the present day, you say the present day, oh, yeah, there's uh, lots of people that have been sold into slavery. It's not legal, but lots of people have been sold into slavery probably today. Uh, however, the social, the economic, and the legal positions of slaves have differed vastly in dis- different systems of slavery, you know, in different times and places. Slavery occurs relatively rarely among hunter-gatherer populations because it develops under conditions of social stratification. Uh, slavery operated in the first civilizations, uh, back, for example, in Mesopotamia, dates back as far as 3500 B.C. Slavery features uh, in the Mesopotamian Code of uh, Hammurabi, um, and uh, it refers to an established institution. So slavery was widespread, uh, even in the ancient world, and right down through Europe during the Middle Ages, 
and it came to uh, the Americas as early as 1619. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of sick and tired of listening to how evil Americans are because because of this slavery issue that, uh, you know, this originated with, uh, with Americans and the United States is responsible for all these. Well, listen, no, it didn't, rec- uh, didn't originate with the United States of America. Slavery has been going on for years and years, and the first slaves brought to this country weren't brought by U.S. citizens. They were brought by the British. And early slave owners, uh, the, probably one of the earliest slave owners, was a black man. So, I mean, I'm getting tired of getting the bad rap that we're, you know, these oppressors and we have all this white privilege because we, you know, our ancestors owned slaves. Well, my ancestors didn't own slaves. My grandfather on my mom's side, my mom's dad, he was basically a slave to the coal mines in West Virginia and Pennsylvania where he worked for a menial wage and sold his soul to the company store and was in debt and and uh, like to never got out of that system. So, but it goes on today. You know, there's uh, billions of dollars. It's estimated that there are probably 25 to 40 million people enslaved uh, as uh, recently as 2013, and the majority of those were in Asia. Um, you know, slavery in the 21st century continues. You hear uh, hear about it all the time. They I mean, they've got a polite word for it now. It's called human trafficking. No, it's slavery, and uh, it's estimated that that's about 150 billion, not million, 150 billion dollar industry annually, and a lot of those slaves go to uh, the Middle East, into Egypt and uh, Syria, and Iran, and Iraq, and a lot of these Middle Eastern countries uh, have uh, purchased people who are kidnapped here in the United States, and they enslave them uh, in their countries. And there's probably about 25 to 40 million people, as I said, that uh, worldwide are subject to some form of slavery. And 25% of those 25% 25% of those 40 million are probably children. 61% are used for forced labor, mostly in the private sector. 38% live in forced marriages. And other examples of modern slavery include uh, child soldiers, sex trafficking, and sexual slavery. So, you know, it's a worldwide problem, and it didn't start here. The United States of America is the only country that I know of where a bunch of white men fought a war to free black men. You know, early, you know, the, the abolitionist movement started as early as 1780 in this country. And our people knew that it was wrong to own slaves. And they decided to do something about it, and hence we had the Civil War where white folks fought to free black people. Now, there were some blacks that fought on both sides of the Civil War as well. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was the white folks, those white privileged folks, who freed the slaves. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm getting sick and tired of just getting blamed 
for being, uh, you know, every, you know, every white person has to be a racist. Every white person has to be, you know, uh, some kind of homophobe, Islamophobe, Islamophobe, xenophobe or something, you know. And I'm getting sick of it. But that's not what this program is about today. It's not about slavery per se. We want to talk about amazing grace as it relates to slavery. A young lady by the name of Don Kling, Don Kling, K-L-I-N-G-E, and you can find her on the Internet. She's an author and a Christian lady, and um, I think her politics are probably more liberal than conservative, but she's she's a good author, and she, <clears throat> she is a Christian. And uh, she talks about... Uh, this gentleman by the name of John Newton. And most of you Baptists out there probably know who John Newton is. And she writes this story, and I'm going to share uh, portions of this story with you, and then we're going to uh, share some scripture with you today and talk about this amazing grace in the light of uh, slavery. And slavery takes on many forms, and we'll talk about that later too. But John Newton was born in London in 1725, according to Don Kling, and I think our research is accurate. His father was the commander of a merchant ship that sailed in the Mediterranean, and little was written about his mother except that she taught John what he knew about God, but she died when John was young. At the age of 11, John began sailing on long voyages with his father. Well, after his father retired in 1744, John was on his way to Jamaica to take a position as a slave master. But instead, he was called into service on an English naval warship, the HMS uh, Hanwich. Well, conditions were terrible. John deserted. Then he was caught, flogged, and demoted to a seaman. It was after this that uh, John requested that he be exchanged. He was sent into service on a slave ship. As the slave trader's servant, he was brutally abused until 1748 when another ship captain, a friend of John's father, rescued him. John later went on to become the captain of his own slave ship, and on his ship the slaves were brutally abused. You know, being on a slave ship was not a pleasant place to be, for sure, but let remember, this is in the early 1700s. There's no United States of America here yet, folks. There's not. So um, uh, John Newton had this slave ship. He was the captain of this slave ship. John called out one night, Lord, have mercy upon us on a homeward voyage to England. His ship was about to sink during a violent storm, and until this moment, John really hadn't given any thought about God not since his early childhood with his mother. He had, by all accounts, been a true wretch. He knew that he deserved no mercy, but yet he called out for it, and God showed him mercy. God, uh, John called this moment in the storm his great deliverance. God saved him from the storm, but more than that, this was the turning point of his life. This was when John said grace began to work for him, he observed that day, May 10th, 1748, as the day of his conversion. Well, John's own words, written years later, describe the horror of the slave trade. I, I, I won't go into the lurid details. 
she says, but frankly, it takes no stretch of the imagination to understand that John understood the depravity of his sin. The word scandalous is often paired with the term grace. The grace that is available to all of us is not something of this world, and it's hard to understand, and it offends our sense of justice, yes. God is a just God, and sin does not go unpunished. We could never pay the price to bear the punishment for our sins, so Jesus paid it all for us. Grace is costly, though not for us. For us, one of the biggest hurdles might be accepting that it's truly a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn grace. Well, John's story isn't a story of instantaneous conversion, though, not from society's viewpoint anyway. John still worked as a slave trader for a time after his conversion. Grace was quietly working in his heart, and he was a changed man, but it took time for the fruit of that grace to become apparent. Eventually, John gave up the slave trade, got married, and began educating himself. He became friends with George Whitfield, the Calvinistic Methodist church leader, and John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. John, too, wanted to become a minister. He began preaching about this scandalous grace, as he called it, of the cross, which saved him. He became friends with the poet William Cowper, and together they collaborated on a hymnal. And the result is one of the most well-loved hymns of all time. Amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. The lyrics take on a deeper meaning when the more and more the story is known. John's preaching, well, it drew large congregations, and he influenced many, including William Wilberforce, who later became a leader in the campaign to abolish slavery in the British Empire. John eventually became blind from an illness, but he continued to preach until a year before his death. He was a changed man, a visible light of God's love, bringing glory to his Savior. John Newton credits the grace of God for redeeming his life. He was profoundly changed by grace. He recognized how much he needed it because he knew how wretched his sin was. But even that cognizance was not to his credit. Even that grace, evidence of the Holy Spirit, changing his heart. Well, the author, Don Kling, goes on to say, I want grace to change me too. It has, and it is. God's grace is changing me, and his work is not done. My sin may not look as wretched as John Newton's, yet it is in God's eyes. I am no more deserving of God's mercy than John was. Nobody is. It's a beautiful, amazing, scandalous, awesome, inspiring gift, and it's available to all who will accept it. I pray that the truth of God's grace will continue its work in my heart and your heart, too. Well, that little article by Dawn Kling, and she's a fine Christian lady, and a and uh, has written several books, and some of you ladies might be interested in some of her works. I think she uh, tends to primarily be toward a female audience, but uh, I've read excerpts from some of her works, and she seems uh, like a good author, and I've read her statement of faith, and she is uh, 
I think, a solid Christian. I really believe she is. And so you can find her on the Internet. She has a website. I think it's just donkling.com, and you can go there and find her and uh, find out more about her. Well, let's talk about this grace a little bit. It's mentioned 159 times in the Bible. 159 times. It's mentioned 37 times in the Old Testament and 122 times in the New Testament. Well, what is grace? Evidently, it's important or it wouldn't be mentioned that many times in the Bible. What is it? Well, many folks have tried to define grace. Uh, Grace, uh, is said by some, it's the love and mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it. Now, that's pretty good. I like that. It's a gift. It's the love and mercy given to us by God, not because we deserve it, not because we even sought it, but because He desires us to have it. Not because anything we have done to earn it. That's the important thing about grace. It is not a created substance of any kind. It's, it's an attribute of God that is most manifest in the salvation of sinners. You can't conjure up grace. You can't make grace. You can't manufacture grace. In short, grace is totally unmerited favor of God. We don't deserve it. <clears throat> we don't do anything to earn it. But God wants us to have it. Let's take a look at just a few verses in the Bible, a few of those. You know, the first time grace is mentioned is back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> you think Noah and his family were saved on that ark because he was perfect? Because he was this great guy and he deserved to be saved and nobody else deserved to be saved? No, no. Noah found grace, unmerited favor. Noah didn't deserve that. But God wanted someone to carry on the human race because the human race had gotten so bad and so evil that he decided he was just going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And he got Noah and his family, and they built an ark and took animals on board the ark and family, and when they got on that ark, Noah didn't shut the door. God shut the door. And there will come a time in this life that God will shut that door when it, when you don't have that opportunity to be saved. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, we're talking about Jesus here. It says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Just a couple of verses later in John chapter 1, verse 16, it says, And of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. John chapter 1, verse 17, the next verse. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. 
Moses gave the law. Moses, uh, God gave the law to Moses, and he passed it on to the people, but the law never saved anyone. No one was ever saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. But it's grace through Jesus Christ that saves us. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus Christ. So Jesus redeems us because we need redeem. We're sinners. We're sinners. And we're justified freely by what? By our works? No. Verse 24 says, by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. By his grace, not by our works, not by anything we did. Nothing but by his grace, that unmerited favor. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We didn't even have the faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, that faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. We didn't even have the faith. God gave us the faith through his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is a free gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then we go to Titus, the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us, from all iniquity and purifying to himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. But back to verse 11, for the grace, the grace of God that brings salvation. See, it's the grace of God that brings salvation. And it's appeared to all men. Nobody will have an excuse because that grace of God is available to all men. And women. And the last verse in the Bible says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There's lots of slavery, many different types of slavery. There's physical bondage, like people were back in the dark ages in the uh, early world and, and through the early days of slavery through the British and through the uh, American colonies. And that was certainly not right. It was not a good thing. And godly men decided to fight a war to set that wrong right. 
But there are many, many more types of slavery. You can be a slave to sin. Oh, I'm, I'm, you might say, what do you mean a slave to sin? Well, you like doing sinful things. And you're a slave to that, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, if I get saved, if I ask Jesus to come into my heart, I'll have to give those things up. So that means those things are more important to you than being saved, than that grace. You could be a slave to your work. You've heard the term workaholic. Many people are. You can be a slave to sports. You can give it, be a slave to things. You can be a slave to money. You can be a slave to the government. The government would like you to be a slave to them, wouldn't they? But you don't have to be a slave any longer. Have you experienced the grace of Jesus Christ in your heart and life? Have you experienced that grace? Have you had that grace applied to your heart? Have you placed your trust completely in Jesus Christ? If not, the Bible is clear on exactly when you should do that. Not if you should do that, but when you should do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Folks, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, Today is that day. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. Hey, I about checked out of this place on May uh, 3rd, 2020, when my heart gave up. It stopped. I flatlined. And I could have very easily drawn my last breath that day, but God had other plans. But I could have just as easily died, but God had other plans. He's in control. I don't know how many more days you have on this earth, but if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till next week. Or, well, I'll do it next time I go to church. Don't put it off. Do it today. The devil wants you to put it off. Satan wants you to put it off. He wants you to lose your soul to him and spend an eternity in a place called hell. But Jesus wants you to be saved now. He says in his words, not his will that any should perish, but that all, A-double-L, should come to repentance. He came to save you. That's why he gave his life, not for his sins. Jesus never committed a sin, ever. But he died for my sins and for yours because our sacrifice would never be good enough to pay for those sins. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I pray you do, but if you don't, you just need to pray a simple prayer or something like this. You know, God, I'm a sinner. Man, I've got sin in my life. I've done some things wrong. I've been doing some stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And I'm sorry for those sins, and I want you to come into my heart and save me right now. 
Help me to live a better life. Apply your grace, that unmerited favor to my life, God. Not because I deserve it, but because, God, you want me to have that grace and you want to have fellowship with me. I don't understand why you do, but you do. And I want to put my trust in you for my salvation. Will you do that today if you don't know Jesus? Will you do that? Well, it's been great to be with you folks today. I hope you've enjoyed this little trip through history and through the uh, writing of that wonderful song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Oh, my, what a song. (laughs) A lot of Baptists call it the Baptist Anthem. But a lot of churches can claim that, too. That song has been sung worldwide for years and years and years. And to think that a slave trader, one who enslaved people, regained his sight and was wonderfully converted, just like last week when we talked about the Son of Sam. Can anybody be too mean to get saved? And the answer to that is no. Well, I hope you guys, like I say, have enjoyed this uh, podcast today. If not, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. If you did enjoy it, share it. Put it out there on Facebook. Share with your friends. Maybe you know somebody that has never been saved. Why don't you just send them a link to the podcast? Say, hey, I want you to listen to this today. There's enough gospel in this podcast to save the world if they will heed God's word. Not my word, but God's word. Well, next week we'll be back with another podcast and uh, got another good news story to tell next week and I'm not going to give you any hints on what we're going to talk about, but uh, I think you'll like it too. Well, I hope to see you here for our next episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. But until that time, have a great week and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Oh, 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 oh,